Good morning. I never should say that, but good morning, good evening, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Uh, this is Two Spot Monkeys Live with a special earlier in the week edition. Um, and spoiler alert, we're hoping to actually have two episodes this week if Friday works out for us the way we hoped as well for our kind of normal release. Uh, but this one's going out earlier in the week, probably sometime on Tuesday. Uh, maybe it'll be Wednesday when you hear it. Who knows when your podcast app downloads. But I'm Jim, joined as always by Tom. Tom, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And first, let me apologize to you and to listeners last week who are anticipating head-to-head picks. Uh, uh, not funny, but also funny. Uh, we were set to record late on a Monday, and in my own comforts of my own home, I dozed off. And no, and I have a, and I have a, a setting on my phone that once I get to a certain spot at night, it mutes all notifications. So Jim tries he might to contact me. It was all for naught. I woke up very early the next morning with a sense of panic, going, "What time is it?" And then saying, "Oh shoot, I slept through our podcast." So. <laughs> You didn't get a chance to hear us last week talk about SummerSlam and TakeOver. We're going to talk that about that a lot today. At least SummerSlam, TakeOver may get pushed to later in the week. Uh, but again, apologies. Thanks for your understanding. I'm awake now. That's that's a It's a good start to have an awake, Tom. Um, maybe I should have just called you directly. Maybe did, Does your ringer turn off too? Or? It does. Uh, that wouldn't help then either. Which is uh, kind of a problem because if there's ever an emergency in my family, like in the middle right. of the night, like I don't think I'm ever going to find out. Now, granted, I don't think my wife has the same settings, so someone can get a hold of someone in our house. <laughs> so, so the uh, the lesson for today is: if you're in the uh, Western Michigan area and need help in the middle of the night, don't call Tom. Call somebody else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, you'd love well, to. Come knock on my door. If you knock on my door long enough and loud enough, I'm sure I'll wake up. That's right. Knock on his door, ring his doorbell, whatever. But uh, don't call him. It's not going to work. Anyways, uh, no, hey, things happen. But we did make picks uh, for SummerSlam uh, because we're in, as we talk about many times, this fantasy wrestling league where we do picks as well. We always, we usually, I shouldn't say always, we mirror our picks anyways there. Um, Every once in a while, we'll update a pick if something changes after we've recorded our podcast. Um, for the Fantasy Wrestling League, because we want points there. Uh, but uh, we use those for our head-to-head competition here. Uh, so we'll talk about those as we get to that. But before we get to SummerSlam, and there's plenty, certainly, to talk about with SummerSlam. Uh, Tom, I don't know, last Friday, anything happened uh, in wrestling? Something something, something newsworthy, I think. Oh, oh, Roman Reigns said he was leaving if he lost, wasn't that? You know what? We're not going to start there. That's just not, no, no. We're not going to talk about logic-defying things. We're going to talk about things that have been, and rightfully so, overwhelmingly praised uh, because there's a company who actually wants to keep fans happy. That might be kind of the not a true statement, but, but that's where I'm going with this. Um, it feels that way anyways. It feels yeah, that way. Yeah. They know that the consumers of the product need to want to come back. They want the, the experience to be positive. So they're going to work to deliver a high quality, a meaningful and important product. And the first dance on AEW Rampage came to us live from the United Center in Chicago. Tons of buzz, tons of hype about the return of the man, the myth, the myth, the legend, CM Punk. Um, and I don't know, Jim, did you get had the chance to watch live last Friday? I didn't watch it live. I watched um, about I don't know, 11 o'clock or so. I finally was able to, um, we kind of settled in for the night in the hotel that we were at. Um, we were out of town uh, for a wedding. And uh, so I, I ended up watching the the first half hour or so, whatever, 20, 25 minutes, whatever that was, the, the punk part. Um, I watched that that night and then watched the rest of it the next day, um, figuring that I had seen the most newsworthy things out of it. Obviously, wanted to see the show, too, because I just enjoy AEW. But um, So I did see, before I went to sleep that night, I had seen the CM Punk uh, segments, I guess, for lack of a better word. First of all, I have to say, I don't know how you feel, Tom, and we're probably biased because we're Midwest guys um, at heart and in life. 
Chicago might be the best wrestling city in this country as far as crowd. You know, Philadelphia is really good too. Um, New York can be good, but I mean, and and I'm going to eliminate WrestleManias and and post-Raw WrestleManias uh, or post-WrestleMania Raws, excuse me, um, from that because that's, that's a conglomeration from around the world and that's kind of its own little thing. But strictly speaking, I mean, you look at the Chicago crowd for... Was it Raw or SmackDown a couple of weeks ago? Raw, um, right after Bray Wyatt was let go, and they're chanting "We want Wyatt," and they're chanting CM Punk, and they're yeah, they hijacked the show a little bit. But hey, again, give them something they want to see, and they won't do that. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Okay, that crowd knew what was coming, but here's a perfect picture of even if you know what's coming, and even if it's obvious, if you do it right, it can still be awesome. Uh, and we talk about that numerous times. I, the crowd knew what was coming. They were chanting CM Punk the minute they went live on the air and probably been chanting it since they walked in the doors. And it still came off amazing. Also, I have to give AEW credit. Good idea to start with it. Yeah, no. So the, the fact that you said you watched the first 20 or so minutes, which was all CM Punk, and then you watched the rest later. It was a really solid show, top to bottom, but it's hard to follow the way it started. I mean, that crowd was electric, and I'm no, I'm sure they taped stuff, dark, dark elevation, whatever it was, before they went live. But then that music hits, and then the next 20 minutes, you know, you listened to me on uh, an honorable mention, and I talked about those out of body experiences that I mm-hmm. kind of, kind of put myself in in certain moments in life. You know, pro wrestling being kind of a big one. I haven't really had it at sports. I could have imagined if I was at Miguel Cabrera's 500th home run on Sunday, that could have been another one. Um, Even in my living room on Friday night, Mm -hmm. that entire segment was like almost out of body. Like, that sounds weird, I think, but but I think people will understand. Maybe the maybe the analogy I'm applying to it is isn't the best. It just felt so big and so special. Um, and again, we don't need to re- recap it, you know, segment by segment or minute by minute or word for word, but it was great. It was, it was great. And Darby Allen and Sting in the rafters and getting, getting that match locked in right from the, from the jump pretty much. Good grief. I, I can't wait until Wednesday this week. I can't wait to see CM Punk on Dynamite out of Milwaukee. Like, Again, you go you go from eh, I could tune in and watch to I have to tune in and watch, and that's where we are right now with the two major wrestling promotions in the United States. Tom, Tom let me ask you an over under question. Over or under ten minutes. How long have you spent since last Friday night trying to figure out if there was any way you could get to Milwaukee on Wednesday night? Well, my kids started school this week, so I so under for sure. Um, but, but that's more, it's more so like, you know, the, the place I'm at in life and, and, you know, in our family responsibilities, I'd love to get to Milwaukee in retrospect, I would have loved to have gotten to the United center. We have a good, a good buddy who reached out to us, who has a suite at all out. And I'm like, man, had I known it wouldn't change. I can't make it to all out, but I'm going to do my darndest, even though that's a holiday weekend and my wife wants to do something fun with the family to lock in that Sunday evening to, to order and watch all out. Like I, I cannot wait to see punk and Darby Allen. And I have no idea what type of condition or rust CM Punk's going to have in the ring. And quite frankly, I really don't care. Cause I know, <laughs> I, I, cause I, I, I know that in the long term, he'll get back to what he was. Now granted there's been seven years since he's last had a professional wrestling match, you know, save for whatever he did, you know, filming the, stars episode or tv show heels um which was again probably choreographed but i'm sure they did some you know real wrestling in there i don't know man like i don't even want to begin to start fantasy booking the number of matches i can't wait to see and would love to have um it was it was special it was just just special yeah and excuse me and i i knew you wouldn't be able to get there but i I know you're like me where there had to be at least a moment where you're like, oh, it's so close. It's really not that far. <laughs> um, and, and I had that feeling actually on um, on Friday night. I had I had two feelings. One 
that and one maybe a little more sad, but it just was a feeling what it was. Um, I was in I was in Rockford, Illinois on Friday. Well, I'd been in Wisconsin earlier in the day, and then eventually that was where our hotel was. It was in Rockford, which is about 75 miles from Chicago. Uh, so I had a mo- uh, my first thought at one point was, God, why, why didn't I try to get a ticket? Um, I'm, I'm not sure that would have flown well <laughs> with my wife, but um, <clears throat> but I had that like, oh man. And then my, my sadder thought was, and I'm in Rockford, and it really would have been cool to watch that with my brother. He would have loved doing that. Um, and, and he saw it, you know, we all know that, but, um, yeah, that was, there was a little bit of a, oh, that sucks. Um, cause I had that moment of wanting to message him and we all have those moments. I know you've had them with your dad where you want to reach out. You think you, oh, I got to call him or I got to message him. And then you're like, oh, okay. We can't do that anymore. Um, yeah, as I was watching it, I, I was like wanting to type to him and be like, did you see this? This is awesome. Um, because it really was, yeah, it was, I'm trying to think like it was the most, I guess, fun for lack of a better word. I've had watching a wrestling show for 20 minutes um, or 25 or whatever it was in a long time. And I knew what was coming. I knew like I knew he was going to be there. Had no idea what he was going to say. Exactly. I thought his promo was great. I love that in AEW, at least with many of the guys, I don't know that it's with all of them, but with many of them, they kind of give them the bullet points, especially if it's a CM Punk or a Chris Jericho or, you know, folks like that who certainly know what they're doing on the microphone. Um, And they don't just script out everything they're supposed to say. The thing I read later said that Punk basically was told, say what you need to say, take as long as you need to take, and we'll time the rest of the show when you're done. Uh, But the, and the only thing he was given was, but somewhere in there set up the Darby Allen match. (laughs) You know, Darby and Sting will be in the rafters somewhere, and they'll get that in. Uh, <clears throat> and, he, and he did. I don't think we're shocked that Darby is his first match, because Darby obviously a few weeks ago mentioned wanting to find out who's the best in the world, so clearly he was teasing that. I'm actually glad they're holding it off until All Out, though, and that it wasn't just, oh, now tonight on the first dance, Punk's going to have his first match. Um, I'm, I'm actually glad they're holding off on that, because you could build it a little bit more... Um, Darby's going to do something crazy in that match. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Well, and, and let's remember, they're in the business to make money. They're they're spending a lot of money to make it a, a destination for pro wrestling fans, but they also want to make money too. So right. I made a comment in the group that we always reference here on this podcast about that that pay-per-view for AEW better do record numbers. They did record ratings on a Friday, for goodness sakes. Like, I think they did a 1.7 in the Chicago market, which, I again, I don't know enough about ratings to know enough. But, like, you know, the, the term unheard of number for that 1.7 million viewers in Chicago um, is, is just unheard of. Again, like, I, I – there's not much in pro wrestling that I want to move heaven and earth for to not belabor that statement. But watching All Out is one of those things. And I won't see it live uh, because, unfortunately, we're back out of town that weekend, uh, but we're driving all the way back here on Monday, um, and I have Tuesday off of work. And I can tell you right now, the whole reason I took Tuesday off of work is so that I can sit and watch all out um, and not feel like I need to get to work, not feel like I need to waste my time with those otherworldly things so I can sit and watch all out. So just just remove the Twitter app and the Facebook app from your phone before. Yes. And 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 I did that this weekend and honestly was not spoiled on a single thing that happened uh in SummerSlam or, or Takeover uh, other than well we'll talk about that when we get SummerSlam. There was one little like now looking back at it it was a spoiler but I didn't know it at the time. Like the headline I had seen I just thought was a story. Um and, and that made my enjoyment of SummerSlam and TakeOver all the better. So I'm hoping um, that I'll be smart enough to stay off of Facebook and Twitter. Um, even though I delete them from my phone, sometimes I go back and I click on them just out of, you know, I scroll and find it and hit it. Um, and, and Facebook actually was on a little bit um, because um, those who are personal friends with me know my mother's in the hospital currently dealing with some things, not life-threatening, thankfully, but... Uh, with with me being the lone child left, um, I'm trying to manage that and manage uh, some communication um, out to folks so that they know what's going on. And Facebook's the easiest way to do that. So um, I was on Facebook a little bit, but I was trying very hard to just like click my notifications and then 
go to my post and look at who commented if I needed to get a hold of anybody. Um, or I was scrolling very carefully. And if I saw like your name or our friend Annette's name or anything, any of my wrestling groups, I'd like scroll real fast past that so that I wouldn't see any pictures or anything. Um, yeah, you get you get and you work to have tunnel vision really, really quickly um, in those situations. Well, and let me pause for a moment to say, you know, thoughts to you and your family and your mom, of course, to quick recovery for her to to get out of the hospital and and back to, to normal life. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was uh, without getting into it. Uh, it's, it's not good when our healthcare system is so taxed that it takes 26 hours to get a hospital room um, and somebody spends those hours in the ER, some of them in a hallway. Um, yeah, it's not good, folks. Not good. There's And it's avoidable. So do it. That's all I'm saying. Uh. Well, well, just just kind of a broad question on AEW, and I don't think we have to answer it today necessarily, but, you mm -hmm. know, I think that there's a lot of opinion out there, uh, at least within the, the WWE as a whole, that AEW has not been competition to them. Um, I think that you and I clearly are, are not enough of a representative segment of the a fan base to like say that. I think we both agree they are. What what do you think comes next in, in the chapter between them or the chapters of the long term? The story between them. They, they 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 aren't taking shots at one another. Like no one's showing up at Dynamite yet or Raw yet. And I and I. Don't know that I see that. Like when DX showed up at the scope in Virginia for for Nitro uh, during kind of the Monday Night Wars, and this isn't a Monday Night Wars situation. It's you got a show on Monday and Friday on one brand, and you got a big show on on Wednesday, and actually a pretty big show that seems to be developing on Fridays, but it doesn't compete directly with the other time slot. So I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, I asked the question, and then I kind of insulated it with all of that other fluffer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I saw Nick Khan's comments here recently over the last day or two. Um, he had an interview with Arya, uh, Helwani, or I can't think of his name. Ariel Helwani. Ariel Helwani, thank you. I think I'm stumbling all over it here. Um, At least you can I, say Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, yes. I saw his interview with Ariana Grande and Andre the Giant. And, uh <laughs> Well, Good. for Tony, for I almost said Tony Khan. For Nick Khan, you know, if it was Ariana Grande, he could have been like, "Thank you, next," because that's what they've been doing with talent all year. <laughs> right, very true. Um, and I do see, by the way, that Annette is watching live. So shout out to Annette. Thanks for joining us this morning on this uh, surprise episode, since you didn't know it was happening, because um, we didn't tell anybody it was happening. So thanks for being with us this morning. And I see she's gone now. Um, but, uh, <laughs> great Thanks for me out. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Nah, that's um but uh I saw Nick Khan's comments about, you know, has um Ariel Hawani ever seen him he's known him for a long time and has Nick Khan ever talked about competition? Um and the answer was no. He doesn't worry about those things. He worries, you know, he takes care of his house basically, kind of and I'm paraphrasing here. I get that. I do. But you, you'd be hard pressed to tell me that among the hardcore fans. Now we can argue. We're not going to argue, obviously, because I think we believe the same way. But we can argue about WWE doesn't necessarily cater to the hardcore fans. They cater more to the casual fans. They cater more to the um, moms and dads bringing their kids to the show kind of thing. AEW is definitely well. They're certainly aiming for kids too. Their main aim is is kind of you and I. And, and maybe a little younger, too, um, since we're getting a little older than we'd like to admit. But um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, what do I think is the next step was your question? I, I think it's very possible, and I think we've talked about this before. Um, Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful has said he thinks by the end of the year, the highest rated quarter hour of Dynamite will be higher than the lowest rated quarter hour of Raw. Now, that doesn't mean the rating of Dynamite will be higher than the rating of Raw, although I think that's certainly within the realm of possible outcomes, even by the end of this calendar year, with the way things are going. I, you have CM Punk just showed up in AEW to huge fanfare. Um, there is a ton of buzz out there about Brian Danielson 
potentially joining as well, um, which I'm sure you've seen, Tom, or if not, I totally just spoiled that for you. Um, I'm sure you'd seen that. Uh, you know, I, I've seen some thought that the September 22nd Dynamite and New York City in Arthur Ashe Stadium makes a lot of sense, um, and it certainly does to me too. Um, I think Danielson, and I'm just going to go ahead and use that name because obviously I'm, I'm assuming that's what he goes back to. He won't, can't use Daniel Bryan. Um, and I don't think we'll be seeing Daniel Bryan. I think we'll be seeing Bryan Danielson as far as in-ring and that sort of thing goes. Um, I think that will get as big of a reaction as Punk. It might be hard to top it because you were in Chicago and Chicago, CM Punk, all of that. Um, so there's buzz there. There's already rumors that Bray Wyatt has agreed with AEW. Um for when his contract expi- or his 90 days expires just before full gear. Um, all of those can be needle movers. And and I think Punk showed he's a needle mover um, with, the, with the ratings they got at nine o'clock on a Friday night. Friday night ratings are traditionally lower than other nights because people go out, people do things, whatever. Well, and it was, it was 10, 10 o'clock in the East. So that's right. even right. So that's a bit, you know, I was, I wasn't ever nervous about falling asleep. Hashtag joke from earlier in the show. Um, because I was, um, was, <laughs> I was, I was kind of really like really on fire all day waiting for 10 PM. Um, and like making sure that all of my affairs at home were in line. You know, I wanted the kids settled. I wanted my wife, you know, enjoying Happy. whatever she was doing, <laughs> watching HGTV or whatever that might've looked like. Cause I didn't want her to be like, Hey, let's watch a movie. Because I want, I, I didn't want to be like. Actually, no. CM Punk's about to return. I have, I have plans. So, what we've gleaned from this is Tom worked harder to see CM Punk than he did to do this podcast. But that's okay. We won't judge Tom for that. <laughs> Not today. Not today. I, 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 I had a, I, I fell through the cracks earlier in the week. I rebounded by the end of the week. Is what that story should. That's the, that's the narrative. <laughs> that's the narrative. Okay, good. Um. No, and and so I think that Sean Rossap is is one hundred percent right. I I will be surprised if the low if the highest rated Dynamite quarter hour does not beat the lowest rated Raw quarter hour by sometime this year. Um, I I'd go further and say I bet it'd be maybe even two or three of the quarter hour. Like I think it could be more than just one quarter hour wins. Um, because when you take your best versus their worst rating, that's a little bit cherry picking stats, right? Um, and don't get me wrong, companies do that all the time, right? You can make stats say whatever you want them to. Um, but even that would be, especially if you can name what's in those quarter hours. You know, I mean, the CM Punk quarter hour did better than the Bobby Lashley quarter hour or whatever. You know, that Bobby Lashley probably not in the lowest rate quarter hour, but could be, I suppose, um, depending on how they book him and what they do with him. Um, they book a stupid finish. But anyways, we'll get to that in a minute. Um so I, I think I think AEW is going to keep taking wins here at, at and wins look different in this day and age because like you said it's not head to head. Would Dynamite like to get a better overall rating than Raw? Of course they would. So, you know they can say they don't worry about that, but they're watching it. Of course they are, and Nick Khan's watching it too. Um, I I hope that it happens. To be perfectly honest, a for AEW because I've enjoyed AEW, so I'm kind of rooting for them. And B, that's the only time in history that Vince McMahon has gotten his head out of wherever he's got it stuck and changed things up and gotten better is when he actually had somebody really pushing him. And that head is firmly entrenched somewhere right now, and we'll talk about that when we get to SummerSlam. And so for the sake of wrestling, I hope that that AEW keeps getting wins. Because even if they say right now it's not competition, at some point, they're going to side-eye it a little bit and be like, oh, crap, here they come. Like, they're really coming. For sure. And I'm as loyal as the sky is blue. So I will never not watch WWE because WWE is what made me fall in love with pro wrestling back in 1986. That being said, if you were to go back and probably listen to the last six months of my commentary here on this podcast – I have been very clear that AEW is and and continues to be the destination for professional wrestling. And again, when I fell in love with WWF, it was professional wrestling. And it's 
again, there's iterations and changes over time. In the day and age that we're in now, you either go here if you want entertainment, and that's all you're pretty much going to get because it's episodic TV. It's, as Vincent Mann is famous to say in Beyond the Mat, we make movies. Um, on the flip side, it's it's pro wrestling with elements of entertainment. And, 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 and always yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, we, we've talked about AEW a whole lot more than I thought we would today, which is fine. Again, that's the arguably the most newsworthy thing of the weekend, in my opinion, came out on Friday night before, before the second biggest week end of the year for WWE. So take that for what it's worth. I know I might be in the, in the minority. I don't, I wish there was actually a market research firm that pulled wrestling fans. You know, I, in a more tangible way, because that would be. I know ratings can kind of be an indicator in that way, but I think, you know, different feedback would have been fun to discern and, and sift through. We'll have to sick our uh, crackpot research team on that. There we go. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting on the research grant. So that's right. That's right. We've applied for. It. Oh no, we haven't even applied for it. So that's why we aren't getting it. That's right. Um, so well, let's. Let's park AEW there because uh, we want to be cognizant of time, I know, too. Um, and let's talk head-to-head. We went into our picks for SummerSlam and TakeOver, which, again, were posted on a message board with our Fantasy Wrestling League. Um, we were tied at 12-5 and five apiece, I believe, is the number I have in my head. Tom, you're not, so that's good. And uh, SummerSlam, uh, now... How do we want to score it here, Tom? Are we just both giving ourselves a win for the Bel Air or or just dropping it? I don't remember. I did. I just gave us a win. Yeah. Okay. So so I went 10 and 0 on SummerSlam, nailed it, killed it. And Tom went nine and one. Uh again, super good. So I had a one match lead going into takeover. And uh we both went five and zero on takeover. So am I correct in saying that, Tom? Yep, you are. Yep, that okay. is absolutely right. Yeah, so, once again, once again, Edge. Edge proves to be my downfall. So uh, do me a favor, Edge. Do not wrestle anymore in 2021. Wait till come back at the Rumble. I don't need to see you. I don't need to hear you. Uh, even though I think you were a bright spot at SummerSlam, I screw up when you're when you're in matches that I have to pick. So no more Edge. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yes, that was the one match we differed on was Edge and Seth Rollins. Um, I had gone back and forth on that match. Uh, we'll talk about that. And I had also gone back and forth on Belair Banks, and then it looked like Banks wasn't going to be there, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but uh, in the end, that wouldn't have mattered because we just both took a win because the match changed. So that puts me, if I'm doing the math right, without having it in front of me, at 27 and 5. Correct. And that puts you at 26 and 6. Correct. Yep. With our next pick being all out. So I will have the first pick when we go to make those picks over the next two-ish weeks or so. This might be my first lead in like a year, if not longer. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I'd have to really go back and do the math, but it has been a long time since I've had a lead in this competition. It is only one match, so I'm not cocky at all because one match, as we've seen, uh, can swing very quickly. Uh, the all-out card is starting to take shape, so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, I not to go back to AEW, but I, for instance, I... I, I mean, I think I know who I'm going to pick, but yet CM Punk, Darby Allen, I got to at least think about, like, because you can make an argument why it would be the right choice to go either way. I agree. I Which agree. I love when we have matches like that, because A, it leads to the possibility of us having differences, which is fun in the competition. Um, and B, it's just more fun to talk about when it's not just like, oh, this guy's going to win. Not a lot to say. Clear, clear as day. This is what's going to happen. Um, you're always going to have some of those too, but... Well, let's talk about SummerSlam, Tom. Um, SummerSlam happened, and uh, it was a thing. Uh, Las Vegas, 51,000 people. Um, I will say, I think it was interesting, and I know there was a mask mandate in Clark County, Clark County I think that's, that's right, or at least in Las Vegas. Uh, there were a lot more people wearing masks, I thought, at SummerSlam than there were back at WrestleMania in Orlando. So now granted, I know in Orlando, there was no sort of mandate. It was just kind of, I think it was highly recommended. Maybe it was required. I don't remember, but um, Florida has been a little more of the wild West when it comes to COVID restrictions. 
than uh, than Nevada has been. But I, I did. There were a lot of masks. There were not 100 percent, obviously. And you have the right to take it down while you're eating and drinking. So um, just keep sipping on the beer. You can keep it off a little longer, I guess, on the whatever a beer costs at Allegiant Stadium. I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, I did not see the kickoff match. Did you see the kickoff match, Tom? I did not. No, I actually. I don't I actually talk about tuned, up, so. tuned, yeah, I tuned in shortly after um, the the show started, so I actually joined the first match in progress. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, Biggie beat Corbin. You know, Biggie got his case back. Okay, good. Um, well, I, I didn't want to see Baron Corbin try to cash in, but apparently. You could just do whatever you want in WWE right now because John Cena can sign a contract that has Finn Balor's name on it. Baron Corbin could take the money in the bank briefcase, and they kind of act like he now has the money in the bank until Biggie just took it back, which wasn't even a stipulation. He just took it back. Um, you, you can have an announced competitor in a match just get jumped by somebody else and then change the match. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So apparently there are no rules in WWE. I... But I don't know. Corbin Corbin doesn't have the contract anymore, thank goodness. Um, although, I, as we've talked before, I am kind of actually enjoying Corbin's pitiful heel character right now. So, well, let's get into the show proper, uh, Tom. Do you want to go match by match? What do you think, Tom? We didn't really talk about how we want to do this. I don't know. But let's kind of just, um, and you know, we offline before we went on and recorded this episode, you know, we, we've been doing three big things. That's good, I think. I think maybe when, you know, dun-dun-dun, Extreme Rules is around the corner. We have great memories from last year with Extreme Rules and people losing oh, eyeballs. Um, that being... And a uh, the heck that thing was. Exactly. It's, I, I think SummerSlam was, is bigger than three big things, unfortunately, but, but we may not each hit on three unique things. You know, I think the major stories coming out of SummerSlam revolve around the Roman Reigns-John Cena match and what followed. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, possibly the WWE title and then the inconclusive ending to a legend not being done, sadly. That's my that's my commentary, sadly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How about you? I mean, that, so, I, so foot and mouth, I just said we're not going to do three big things, and I just named... Exactly three things. Three things, right. Yeah, I mean, th- those are kind of the main pieces, right? I think if you look at the rest of the show, um, you know, it they they seem to have split Eva Marie and Dewdrop. I think that's good, although I will tell you uh, the one thing, and I, I don't mean to spoil Raw for you if you end up getting to it or not, Tom, but um, I know you still have Ring of Honor from last week to watch and, and that sort of thing, so maybe you don't even bother with Raw. Um, there's an interview on Raw that I read the results of Raw from last night, and uh, they talked to Dewdrop about why did she, you know, do what she did kind of thing. And and in saying that, she said, you know, originally I didn't like this name, but now I like it. So apparently we're going to keep Dewdrop as our name instead of changing her to Piper Niven now that she's gone babyface. Uh, um, that's, that's, I don't know how you translate what I just said, but uh, is all I can say about that. I will say, you know, the first half of SummerSlam to me was very much just standard. I, I don't want to call it pedestrian because I don't think it was pedestrian, but it was what you saw happen is probably what you thought would happen going into the show. Clearly, you you knew everything because you went 10 and 0 on your picks. Um, <laughs> aside from that, it, it was it, it, nothing really kind of started to peak in terms of energy on that show until the midway mark for me personally. I don't know how you feel. Um, yeah. One thing, I, d- I did like the venue. It was huge. The fact that they've already announced they're going back there from Money in the Bank next summer. is Which interesting. is interesting because that's a stadium for Money in the Bank. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, like what do you have up your sleeve or what do you think you have up your sleeve if that's where you're going to run Money in the Bank, right? Like I'm used to like a 15, 18,000 seat arena. That's 51,000. Uh, you better think you're going to do something special for Money in the Bank if you're going to have that many people there. Yeah, no, I agree. When, when they ran that promo, I was like, when they at first, before they showed the stadium right at the end, I was just thinking, oh, they're going back to Vegas. They'll go to the Thomas and Mac or they'll go to Mandalay Bay or MGM or, you know. And then they showed the stadium at the end, and I was like, okay. Um, like you said, uh, it kind of makes money in the bank 
a, a bigger show. I mean, if you're going to run it a 51,000 seat arena, and I think they actually had configured that in a way where they didn't necessarily use the entire stadium, if I remember reading right, because they weren't sure they could sell, you know, 80,000 tickets. Um, so it's possible by next year, depending on what they could actually, I think, have more if they wanted. Um, well, and the setup was really interesting. We're, we're so used to a huge Tron and a huge um, kind of entrance, and that didn't exist here. It was kind of it brought me back to Rumble 2020 yep. when they were at the, the in Phoenix Maid Park. No, no, yeah. that was was that in Houston? Houston, maybe it's Houston. Yeah, yeah, either either when when they were at the Diamondback Stadium or Minute Maid Park, it was kind of that similar setup because again, that's a baseball stadium. This one is not, but that setup the 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 Tron or the graphics were, were much akin the same. Um, so let's, let's, let's maybe start in the middle because that's kind of where things started to, to change uh, in terms of maybe the energy of the card. And also a lot of the conversation, I think around, you know, you mentioned there was rumors out there regarding Sasha Banks inability to perform. And I've read that WWE knew well in advance of SummerSlam and continued to advertise so much so that they literally ran the video package before this match that it was literally about to happen. Now, for all the times that I'm on Twitter and Facebook and get spoilers, which irritates me, I knew nothing of the Sasha, Sasha Banks situation. So I was, clu I was clueless. Um, so, so, so I guess I'm gonna, let me turn it over to you there because you knew, you had heard or had seen rumblings about something. Yeah, they, both Bel Air and Banks were pulled from a couple of live shows. Um, but then there was word that they'd both been cleared. Then Bianca Belair appeared on Friday night on SmackDown, but Banks didn't, uh, which I thought was interesting when it happened. Um, but then she vanquished both Zelina Vega and Carmella. Um, and man, have they made those two mean nothing or what? Uh, but she vanquishes both of them. So then I was like, okay, maybe maybe Banks will be ready by Sunday with, with whatever's going on. They have not... I think there's been a little bit of speculation. I mean, in this time in the world, if you're not medically cleared, there can be some assumptions made, but I don't think that's fair. Um, you know, th there can be lots of other reasons why she might not be able to compete. So we're not going to get into the business here of, of speculating on what those are. Um, but for whatever reason, she's not cleared. I, I guess in some ways, had they announced earlier, like on the kickoff show, that Banks wasn't cleared, but Belair would still be defending the title. I'm guessing the minute Belair came out, there would have been, we want Becky Chance. By doing it the way they did it, I, I guess I kind of get what they did, but man, I don't know. When you know over a week in advance, potentially, that it's almost assuredly Banks isn't going to be there. And then, like you said, you run the video package even. You don't just have Bel, have Bel Air come out and be like, you know what, I'm not waiting anymore. We're doing this now, you know, or whatever. Um, and then Adam Pierce shows up or something and says, Banks isn't, but I found a suitable replacement. You bring out Carmella. Um, I get what they did on one level because by bringing out Carmella, I admit, sitting here not knowing anything that had happened because I successfully avoided spoilers, um, I was like, seriously, we're going to watch Carmella, who's been beaten 900 times by Bianca Belair, get this title shot? Like, And they were even, even like, uh, McAfee was trying to say, well, you know, she's lost all those other times before, but she this could be the time that she actually gets that. I'm like, come on, there's no reason I should believe that. And then the music hits. And then you're like, oh, I see what we're doing here. <laughs> and that was cool. And, and I'm going to admit, right then and there, I had really high hopes. Now, I have no idea, and I'm going to guess because they did switch the title, spoiler, uh, that, that she's ready to go. She being Becky Lynch, the man, the man has returned. Um, we'll talk about how the match played out and how that title change happened and the feelings uh, – a lot more negative than positive from what I've gathered uh, in the wrestling community. Why didn't they give them a chance to have a great match? That's, that's my biggest problem. Like, I don't have a problem with the title change. I don't even have a problem with how it went down. Because I think, again, I think, that's the problem I'm thinking, 
that it can, be, it, it can be rationalized and justified and a good story can be told. The problem is WWE probably isn't going to do that. Right. And and that's and I've seen kind of your comments um, in the group that we're a part of. I you know the the original rumors I guess for the last month or two have been that Becky was going to come back around October. Now maybe they moved that up because of whatever happened with Sasha. That would make some sense. And and to your point, if she wasn't ready to go a full 15, 20 minute match, whatever, you know, even 10, 15 minute match, I think they still could have had a really good 10 or 15 minute match if she was ready to go. Um, doesn't have to be a 20 plus minute, you know, epic. You could do a sprint, you know, and, and see. But, and maybe they felt Becky wasn't quite ready, although she's been working at the Performance Center and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, I, I, I get it on one level, but man, like, I don't have a problem switching the title to Becky, especially if she's back now full-time, which it sounds like she is. I, as much as I wanted Belair to hold it longer, I'm not I'm not stunned, and I'm okay, again, if they follow up on it well. But I think that, again, lie, my problem lies in the same place yours does, Tom. There could be a way to turn this into a nice story. Do I trust them to do it for more than a week, two weeks? And I might be giving them too much credit there. Um yeah, it's not it's not unfathomable unfathomable to think that anywhere that a, that a competitor can beat a competitor, regardless of them being a pretty dominant champion, quickly, or a pretty dominant team quickly. You know, you've had an undefeated teams. Bad analogy, but the Pittsburgh Steelers last year were eleven and zero, and then like the end of their season, they came crashing down. Now, there was a lot of factors in play there, and that's not scripted. And this is, but but the same thing happens. Teams come into opposing team stadium, or even uh, uh, you know, being on the road, and a good team comes in, and they get beaten. That happens. It's a thing. It's okay. You can you can you can script that. And, he, and the WWE even has the ability to to tell a story even better than that because they they control the narrative. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it's going to play out on SmackDown on Friday for sure. In this space, I know our friend Greg has adamantly posted he believes the title's flipping back. I disagree strongly. Not so much that I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because I don't trust WWE. I do trust my opinion. Um, and Greg likes to wager, so if there was a chance to get in there, I should. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I don't, I don't trust WWE. Um, I do think the title is staying with Becky Lynch. Oh, I, I do too. Um, and, and, and then the story that's come out of that. I don't know if you've seen this, Tom. Um, but, but I'm not spoiling anything. Is that the plan is for Becky Lynch to be a top heel on SmackDown? And I just, and I don't see that yet. Right. So, I, I, is she, is, is she capable fully? how we get there again, like it you, with what you saw and how she interacted Saturday at SummerSlam, there's a big gap between what happened there and what, and, and that playing out. What she did had a slight heelish, I mean, you know, hitting her with the forearm while you're shaking her hand. Um, and so they could have played that up. If they're going to turn her heel, at least have one of the announcers go, you know, well, she did take a cheap shot, you know, from the handshake. Um, even like a subtle little, you know, that was a little weird. Um, I, or I, Becky, you know, when she's standing there with the belt, go, ha ha, you're so stupid or, or something. I mean, uh, I don't. Right. So, so here's it, the thing. Becky, I think, is going to stay over no matter what, whether you right. turn her heel or not. I would have much preferred a story where she goes, hey. You know, you're a you're a star in the making, Bianca. But I'm a veteran, and I caught you because you're not you're not mentally where you need to be, right? So, so and again, I'm, I'm I'm spitballing this. I haven't given that that much time, but I think you could easily do that. Ten times better than what I bet we see. That's 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 why she got caught. And I go that 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 make a lot of sense. And guess what? I, I guarantee you, it elevates both women. I guarantee you, if it's done right, it elevates both women. And and here's the thing. And I made this comment, Bianca's over, but she ain't over enough to get Becky booed. Yeah. She's not. I don't there is not a woman on the roster over enough to get Becky booed. Especially right now with Becky back after a year, you know, and some change. 
Um, she had a baby, all of those kinds of things. She was massively over when she left. So everybody's excited to see her. Like they're going to cheer her. I actually think it would have made far more sense if you wanted to cheer one of them heel. I don't think you had to turn either of them heel. It, you know, assuming this story continues, which I think it will. Um, I, I love your idea of the veteran, you know, hey, I caught you. You know, you got to be ready um, kind of thing, teaching you a lesson. If you had to turn either of them heel, turn Bianca. Uh, Bianca gets beat and then Bianca snaps because she got beat because she got caught and she can't deal with it. So she, you know, just beats Becky down. Now you got a hot baby face and probably a hot heel moving forward through the rest of the summer, early fall into, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. And maybe we will see that on Friday. I, you know, we, we have only seen very little because they gave us a 27 second match. Uh, um. Yeah. I think, I think I was more disappointed in the fact that I knew they could probably deliver a really great match in the ring. And there was a bunch of other nonsense on SummerSlam, like the Miz and Morrison segment, among other things, that did not – I don't need that crap. I don't need the filler. I want, right, yeah. Let's come out and dance and, and have a guitar riff with Rick Boobs. No right. You know, and nothing against Nakamura. I like him, but there was no point to that segment. It didn't have to be there at all. Right. Um well, you have those two things among others, and you don't have a Finn Balor. You don't have a Kevin Owens. You have Big E in the show. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say, you can't even cram Big E onto the main show, but you got this crap on there. Um, yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. Well, we, I mean, we spend a lot of time here, and it's, and it's important because I think it's one of the major stories coming out of SummerSlam. And I know that we are kind of limited on time today, so it looks like we're probably going to have to wrap up SummerSlam talk today and push takeover thoughts to our second episode this week, which will be, which is fine. Um, one thing I want to talk about that I thought was a really big positive at SummerSlam, because I know there's a couple of things that we'll talk about maybe that aren't maybe positive as we wrap up our chat here the, today on this episode. I, I really enjoyed the women's three-way. That was probably yeah. my second favorite match. I really liked Roman Reigns and John Cena. I know there's a lot of dissenting opinion about how people felt it was and, and again, WWE style and selling and plotting. I thought with the crowd and the atmosphere and John Cena not having been in the ring for, I think they said 500 plus days, that really delivered. Um, from the in-ring standpoint for me, um, and just a hair maybe above Edge and Seth Rollins, it was that women's three-way. I really, I really liked that and thought it was a great match. Um, it's kind of the same old, same old with Charlotte Flair winning the title. You had the chance to probably make Rhea again or reestablish Rhea. Uh, what's going on with Rhea Ripley, Jim? Vince McMahon is going on with Rhea Ripley. That's what's going on with Rhea Ripley. She unfortunately started in NXT, which apparently is the kiss of death now for anybody who gets over in NXT and then the old man gets a hold of them in on the main roster and has absolutely no idea what to do with them. Uh, yeah, I don't. Their booking of Rhea is just atrocious, um, and I don't see it getting any better. And I don't, I don't see how they, how they only think they have two stars in the women's division. And sure enough, who holds both belts right now? Charlotte and Becky. Well, you only have two stars when you only choose to invest in in certain people. Right. And not that Charlotte and Becky don't, they absolutely are stars in that division, but you can have more than two. You you know, back in the day, you had the SmackDown six. You know, there were six people who could at any point be in the main event and be around that world title. And you absolutely believed it without going, oh, that person's in the main event. Okay, that's weird. Um, you can build more than one on each brand. It's just, you have Asuka, who's apparently, again, on a milk carton somewhere, like we said two weeks ago. Um, and, and others, too. I mean, again, you brought Zelina Vega back. I'm not convinced I'm under, I understand at all why. Because you have done, the woman has not won a match. Has not won a match, I don't believe. And I'm again, crackpot research, didn't look that up. But right off the top of my head, can't think of a match she's won. Not counting maybe a main event, maybe on main event. Um, but I don't even think there. So what was the point in bringing her back? You didn't have somebody in NXT you could just job out? Um Probably for cheaper when you look at the budget, you know, as much as they're cutting money, um, I'm betting they're paying Zelina more than they're paying random, you know, indie girl number two that they have down in NXT. Well, Nick Khan's famous quote is, we want people who are going to move the needle. 
So you tell me, you tell me you're, that you brought back Zelina Vega and that's a needle mover. The thing is, she could be. I think I and I and I agree with you. Right. But like in, in in what we've seen, I you can't right. convince me that that's right. Someone can't be a needle mover if you book them like garbage. <laughs> um, but no. So to go back to your point, though, I thought the three way was very very good. I thought the all you know, it was great to see Nikki Ash. Okay, whatever you think about that, I don't like the name. The gimmick actually, I'm kind of okay with. The name I think is stupid. Um, I, I, it was great to see her get a, a featured spot on a pay-per-view because for so long she's been in that company and not utilized in any sort of feature spot. Uh, you could have really solidified her if you had let her win, but you know, if, if you would have asked me to give percentages, I would have given Charlotte Flair a 90% chance to win, Rhea Ripley a 9% chance to win, and Nikki Nikki a 1% just because, you know. I don't, I don't want to give her a zero. I want to be nice. <laughs> but that was, you know, really that was kind of how I saw that match. But I thought, again, even though knowing that was probably what was going to happen, I thought they delivered in the ring. I agree with you. I thought all three, and I hope Vince saw it that way too. Do I believe that he did? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And that goes from there to to the Edge match, which Edge had a fantastic entrance. The, 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 that was great. The brood, the brood entrance was was amazing. Um, one, of the, one of the highlights or one of the kind of – takeaway moments from SummerSlam outside the ring. Like when you think about memories um, or like, you know, kind of those images, that one there will, will, will forever be with me. And usually in those stadium shows, you've got a couple of like really cool entrances. And I kind of feel like that was pretty much the only one that was special outside of surprises, obviously, and things. But I don't remember there being any others that I was like, oh, that was really creative. Um, they were just kind of their entrances, which is fine. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool and a, and a good callback to Friday night when he, you know, gave the sticky red substance. They didn't want to call it a bloodbath, which I thought was weird. Like, just call it a, a, a brood bath. A brood bath with that yeah. sticky red substance. And I was like, are we that averse to the word blood? Come on. Um, we all know it's not real blood. Like, it's okay. Um, We've all seen Carrie. We get where it's from, and it's still cool. Um, and Seth was wearing white, which is why he wore white, so it would look cooler. Uh, yeah, anyways. Um, no, I thought that was awesome. I, I love the brood back in the day. Uh, you know, it never really kind of took off the way that I thought it was going to, uh, but I, I love the brood back in the day, so that, I thought that was a very cool callback. It would have been cool if Gangrel would have been there with him, uh, maybe too, but that would have just called the point that the other guy isn't with them. So maybe it was probably probably better that you didn't put Gangrel out there and draw attention to the fact that um, Christian may be holding a title on another company and might be challenging for another one as well. One, one thing I want to name, and, and, and did you observe this too, uh, the, the the way the card was built was seemingly not a, a traditional WWE model. Like when you think about the last four matches, the Raw Women's title, the big singles match with Seth and Edge, and then the two title matches back to back at the end. That is very much not the way WWE has booked and presented their product in terms of match order in the past. So did that? Did, did you did you have any thoughts about that when you were watching? It was interesting. If I would have, um, we're both on that PW scorecards thing, and I forgot to do SummerSlam. Um, I'd forgotten to do the last few shows. Actually, I did take over, but um, I'd forgotten to do SummerSlam. If I would have put the order, I would have picked probably Lashley and Goldberg to go on very early in the show. Um, because it seems like they've been doing that with a, a world title match kind of early on these bigger shows. Uh, McIntyre and Lashley, you know, kicked off WrestleMania. Uh, but this is more traditional in my mind and the more of the way that like AEW or Ring of Honor um, book their shows. And, and I like it um, because you build to those matches. Usually there does tend to be a popcorn match thrown in there like Alexa and Eva Marie, I thought would have been between a couple of those last three or four matches. Um, but I was glad it wasn't get that out of the way early. Um, and let's move on to the stuff that has meaning. So I, I, I did notice it and I thought it was interesting and, and a little more old school, um, in the way that they, they laid it out. I, I liked it. I, I like that old school layout, you know, build to the more important stuff. Um, but it was, you, was you it? Can, you can give things time to breathe. I mean, you look at UFC, for example, right. You know, if they have title matches on, on a fight card, they often will have, you know, you know, if a, if, a, if a main fight card is five bouts, that fourth and fifth are often are two different title matches, title bouts, uh, fights. 
that can happen. You just allow the, the the time and the space to let it breathe in between, you know. And and, and again, in, in in the fight world, it's a lot less predictable than in the pro wrestling world. You know, you can structure your match if you're going back to back. That let's 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 make these distinctly different. And they did here at SummerSlam because Lashley Goldberg and John Cena Roman Reigns were two different shades of two different colors. Absolutely. Well, let's hop to those two matches because I know we've got um, some time constraints, but uh, we keep saying that and people are listening to this like a week from now. Like, what are you talking about time constraints? We have we have real life that gets in the way sometimes, folks. Um, so Bobby Lashley Goldberg, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that because I think we have more to say probably about Reigns and Cena and especially the aftermath of Reigns and Cena. Here's my thing on Bobby Lashley Goldberg. Stupid ending. Just a stupid ending. MVP's Kane shot unfortunately looked terrible. Um, and I don't know if Goldberg was just a little too far in the ring or MVP just didn't swing right. But like even Goldberg's reaction was like, oh, I think I got hit. Oh, wait, my knee hurts. Um, I mean, you know, it was like a fly swatter he hit him with. Um, and then Goldberg remembered, oh, wait, this leads to the end of the match. I better grab my knee. Um, just a, a terrible ending. Um, I did think it was a little bit funny at the end after Bobby Lashley laid out Goldberg's son and, and then MVP gets back on the mic and he didn't know that was Goldberg's son. Cause he realized, Oh crap, he'd done it now. Um, you know, he didn't know that was him. He would attack anybody who came in this ring. He didn't know. Um, I, I thought that was at least humorous, um, you know, realizing, Oh, we might've crossed a line, but when does this get followed up on? Because I'll just spoiler alert. It doesn't get really followed up on, on raw. Um, so, I don't think we're going to Goldberg Lashley too at Extreme Rules, although maybe we are, and I just don't didn't see anything about that. Um, didn't see anything leads me to believe that I should say, but just I thought a terrible ending. Have Lashley beat Goldberg? I don't know how much beating Goldberg means in this world today, but having him beat him because MVP smacked him in the leg with a cane shows that Bobby Lashley can't beat him on his own. Why yeah. would you beat your champion that way? And compare this. And how Lashley has been built versus Drew McIntyre and Goldberg at the beginning of the year. Stark contrast. Now, that again, I don't want to infer that it has anything to do with anything. It's just simply, if you're going to use Goldberg to pop a crowd or get people in the building, which it's not, that's not me. I'm not paying it. I'm not going, oh, well, he's there. Now I'm going to spend my money to buy a ticket. But I'm sure there are people there. There are people who will. Your point is well made, and we and we don't know the answer today. What comes next? Not who's next, uh, as we would say, but what comes next? Annette did post a comment and said "Crown Jewel," which I could see that being Lashley Goldberg again. Um, and really quick aside, because I know we got time and we want to talk uh, Brock here, but. Um, they ran a promo on SummerSlam that said, we're going back to the place where people give, bring out the, that brings out the best in people or something like that. Seriously, seriously. That's what you said about Saudi Arabia. Okay. Okay. Look, you're going back. I get it. Whatever blood money, it's money. I, you know, I had my issues with it, but I, I get it. It's happening. That's what you say in the promo. Holy tone deaf. Um, I just, I they mean, know people, lots of people out there that have an issue with it. Why say that? You know why you say that? Because you can. Because you have a billion dollars coming in the next five years, and you just don't give a crap what anybody else thinks. Sorry. No, that's Sorry. that's 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 an that's an honest and fair statement. We'll put a pin right there, and we'll transition to the main event. So the main event was Universal Title: Roman Reigns, John Cena. John Cena's return to the ring, um, televised ring. He actually had been on the Summer Cena house shows and. Super Show events, and then on Friday they added they Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Uh, if Cena, if Cena wins, Roman's leaving the WWE. So you went from potential drama in the match to I don't think anyone in their right mind saw Roman Reigns leaving the WWE. So why why pull that out on the Friday night before this show? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how you can logically justify it in the, in the scheme of the story. And I thought that they built this between the, the, the two guys really well. I love Roman calling out Cena for being Hollywood. I love Roman actually being like, I'm WWE, and he did it during the match as well. 
that almost skewed babyface for me. Again, I'm not anti John Cena by any means, but if you, if you're a loyalist, if you're if you support this product, you can easily get behind Roman Reigns when he says that. In my opinion, um, it doesn't mean it's going to be everybody, but I think people could could go, yeah, you're right. He's been here the whole time. He he's the guy I want to be behind. Um, and as and as I shared, I thought the match was was really top notch. I I agree, and and I it didn't need that, and and I think they were they were smart to. Roman said it, but it didn't ever feel like it was an official stipulation either. Like uh, Mike Rome or whoever the ring announcer is didn't say, and if Roman, I don't think he did anyways. And if Roman Reigns loses, he has to leave the WWE or, you know, so it, there was a little piece of me that thought, are they going to do the, the thing? I don't think they will and flip the belt to Cena um, and then have Roman somehow renege on his, you know, on his promise that he would leave. Um, but they didn't obviously do that. And, and and again, you and I have talked about numerous times. The first person to beat Roman in this reign needs to be somebody they can make. Uh, I.e., we'll talk about it later in the week, the, the NXT UK title had very much the same thing. And we've talked about that. We'll talk about it more in depth on Friday. But um, Roman and, and Lashley, for that matter, we've said both of them that can make somebody. So Cena didn't need that at all if they want to make Cena the 17 time world champion at some point so that he beats Ric Flair's record um they can do it sometime but don't do it against Roman Reigns you don't need to because that win can mean something so I'm glad they didn't do that um I agree I thought the match was fine I thought it was what I expected of the match I it was good it was fine um Roman kind of has a style of match right now um in this run and and this was pretty much in that style um and, and I kind of enjoy it because he's so dominant that, you know, when he is talking and all of those kinds of things, like, I'm okay with it. I don't know. Some people don't like it, but it works for me, for his character, for his character. Yeah. Um, they've made that work. Well, let's, should we, should we jump to the post-match, Tom? Yeah. So, so Roman does lay out Cena. Doesn't he hit two Superman punches? Wasn't that the, the finish? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wouldn't you think it's funny? I, I was dozing during this match on Saturday because this was a yeah, long you're show. sleepy. I, I'm old. It's, it's <laughs> I'm older and I've got a kids and a dog and I chase everyone around the house. Um, so I so I, so because I wanted to make sure that I really had the chance to fully uh, you know embrace the match, I rewatched it yesterday. And but again, less than 24 hours, I can't even remember the finish. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's an indictment on WWE <laughs> or, or 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 me. Uh, and he, but yes, uh, Reigns is victorious. Cena's laid out, and then the music hits. And and I thought Reigns' re- reaction was great. And then not only he's kind of stood there for a minute, like, "Oh my God, is this really happening?" But then he turned to Paul Heyman right away, which I thought was great because, of course, you want to look and see, like, did you do this? Uh, because obviously that's going to be part of the story, and there's no way it can't be part of the story. Uh, you know, my assumption is again, um, our friend Chris said this, and I, I think he's right. I think Brock Roman probably happens at Crown Jewel in October. I don't see it at Extreme Rules. That seems maybe, but Extreme Rules seems an odd pay per view to have Brock Roman. Um, you could do it again at Survivor Series then if you wanted to in a in a U.S. pay per view. But um, Brock comes down <laughs> with his goofy little haircut. Um, that's a different look for him. And but hey, he's Brock Lesnar. He wears hair however he wants. I'm concerned because he's a tough enough man. He can do that. Um, no physicality, just, you know, a lot of staring and jaw jacking and Roman kind of, you know, says, yeah, not today. Um, Brock is a star. There's no question. There was some talk that Brock was going to sign with someone other than WWE. Obviously a lot of AEW rumors around that. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think he fits in AEW, to be perfectly honest. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are some cool matches they can have. I just don't see it. So WWE makes sense. Uh, New Japan could have made a little bit of sense, but eh. Um, he, WWE is where Brock Lesnar belongs, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm glad to see him back. be interesting to see if it's just for this Roman um, program or if they'll do anything else with him, though. Yeah, I agree. And And... The big thing for me, again, this was coming on the heels of the amazing CM Punk return and knowing that AEW still has artillery in the chamber, for, for lack of a better uh, analogy. Uh, it seemed, it would seem to me 
with the way that WWE promotes NXT talent and fumbles them because that's their go-to. There's not a lot of free agents that I'm thinking of or that I'm aware of that are on the market. WWE has put their cards on the table now. They've got no one else to fight this battle with now that Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar have returned. That's that's telling to me. Uh, I, I agree with you, and I hadn't thought about it until you made the comment, but when we talked about Goldberg Lashley at Crown Jewel, I think Roman and Lesnar at Crown Jewel because, again, when you're getting paid blood money, you deliver the big stars and the legends. Um, and that's who they, they've, you know, the, I mean, the famous thing with that first show was that they wanted Yokozuna and The Undertaker. Well, one of those was doable. And so otherwise they brought in the other sumo guy and I pretended he was Yokozuna. I don't know what that was all about. But. Not, not, to, not to be insensitive, but that would have been the new uh, approach to a casket match. Yes, it would have. You got to dig him up to bring him. Anyways, we're getting morbid here. Um, not in, not 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 intended. But sometimes the food is just so low, you just have to grab it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so in all, SummerSlam was fine. Um, sadly, WWE doesn't make things like like that. Like major events feel incredibly meaningful long term. Do I think some things that happen on Saturday night will have ramifications? Yes, because I think there are stories still to be told. It's how they oh, execute those stories or not that will tell, you know, if it's if the meaning uh, from this is truly there. And I will say, if you want to rank Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and this isn't even including the two Ring of Honor shows that happened Friday and Saturday, because I've only seen about two-thirds of the first Ring of Honor show. haven't seen any of the second one yet. I will get to those. Um, we're, but we're both hoping to see them before Friday We'll see. Um, but uh, Friday, if you if you rank the first dance, SummerSlam, and TakeOver, SummerSlam is third in my in my list. Easily. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Easily. I do I do agree. Well, that's and a then, good way to – go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and that's a good tease for Friday's show, uh, which will be NXT and hopefully Ring of Honor, and maybe if there's a, something – yeah, if anything happens on AEW Dynamite this week, um, <laughs> seems yeah, like if, if, somebody, one if, if they advertise somebody who is worth tuning in for, <laughs> right? Something else might happen there, but uh, we'll we'll talk about those things uh, hopefully on the Friday episode. Uh, again, hope our plan don't hold us to it because you never know when things can happen. But it's for two shows this week, um, and then uh, hopefully we'll get back on somewhat of a regular schedule. Although I know. Uh, round all out. It's going to be a little dicey because of the holiday weekend and my travel as well. Anyways, it's just good to be back with you guys. Tom, always good to be with you and chat with you. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I look forward to coming back later this week, talking takeover uh, and uh, fingers crossed ring of honor. And definitely, I think we'll talk about that CM Punk guy again. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for being with us and we will talk with you soon. Have a great day. Stay safe. We'll talk to you later.